You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, guys and gals. We're sitting down here Sunday. Obviously, players showing up on Wednesday. First practice is to finally talk about live action since many camps and OTAs, whatever. But ball is about to get rolling here on Locked On Browns. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories brought to you tonight by Hotels.com. Big memories, small memories. Use Hotels.com. Put together a small getaway, a large getaway. Have some way to enjoy yourself. Get rewarded using Hotels.com. Be there. Do that with Hotels.com and get rewarded. Continuing along with the training camp preview episodes. Uh, Today we're going to get to the linebacker position. We're going to get to the defensive back position. Uh, Obviously, you know, defensive back position going to be greatly counted on upon this year as, you know, a new defensive coordinator who enjoys playing at least minimum a lot of nickel, but enjoys playing a lot of defensive backs on the field. Uh, The linebackers as well, where we're going to get started with tonight here with Pete Smith. Uh, Pete, uh, we keep saying it, but uh, it's nice to really know that it is this week. It's, It's just time. There's... There really is nothing else football to talk about right now, so we kind of need some new stuff to start getting going. Right. Um, It's not stopping people from trying to squeeze every last drop out of uh, Baker Mayfield and some stories. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, pastime. We need – and I'm sure the players are sick of it as much as anybody. I mean, don't get me wrong. They want to – embrace all the downtime they, they can get before they're out here. But I expect, especially in this case with uh, so many of these players, the, the ones that are fighting for jobs uh, are excited to get out there and, and compete. And the ones who already have them are uh, excited to get hit the ground running and sort of uh, get the season rolling because they feel like this is a year where they can be really good. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing. I mean, the, the off-season workouts, look, that's a routine thing, but uh, it's, you know, for everybody in that building, and I'm even thinking about the guys, you know, brought in, uh, you know, other than maybe Kareem Hunt, obviously, you know, they, they thought it last year was going to be pretty good for them, but uh, for most parts here, I mean, Odell Beckham even, I mean, last year, you know, I don't think many people had high expectations for the New York Giants, so it's, you know, everybody, and it's just, you know, there's it's just so much newness as far as some of the big names coming in here and just the excitement of you know, what potentially is here and not just to, hey, can we maybe win a freaking game this year because that would be really nice. Um, look, you know, obviously the weather's about to break here because uh, I could only I can't imagine what I've been trying to do a weekend of camp practices if it had been, you know, in this heat where it's been pretty much, you know, throughout the entire Midwest all the way over here on the East Coast where you're talking, you know, well north of 95, you know, heat indexes of well over 105. So we're going to get going with this uh, linebacker position. Uh, you know, obviously, Pete, you know, everyone who listens to us, you know what we feel here. We think this is a linebacking core that has an absolutely fantastic piece in Joe Schobert. Um, you always want to bring up the tackling. I tell you what, guys, let's watch Joe Schobert play this year with a legitimate defensive line in front of him where he's kept clean and, you know, his brain matched with his athletic ability and he can just read and react, which is usually what you truly expect from a middle linebacker. And then, Pete, obviously there's a bunch of questions afterwards, which could lead to, you know, where Wilkes may turn out to be a very good defensive coordinator hiring because you might need to put some more defensive backs on the field because there's going to be spots maybe where you just don't trust these linebackers. Yeah, I mean, after after Schobert, it, you know, you sort of trail off 
Um, there's just, I mean, they, they, they don't, aren't putting a ton of, uh, emphasis on it in terms of importance of their defense. I mean, they want, you know, a couple of really good ones, but, um, after that, it's largely role players and special teams and the Browns just don't have much of anything in terms of proven talent outside of Schobert, uh, and Kirksey to a certain extent. Um, but after that, it's, you know, it's, it's really anybody's game at that point. And, and it's a question of who can actually step in and, and fill the depth role and who can uh, play a lot of those positions in terms of special teams. Because, you know, if, if you're in, in a lot of ways, you're trying to justify the Browns keeping that many linebackers. So it's like an extra difficult uh, job because, you know, if you're, trying to be the sixth linebacker, you basically have to ju- justify the team keeping that many. And that uh, that's maybe more difficult than it sounds uh, where they are right now because they have some safeties who can sort of do a little bit of both uh, and vice versa that make it so, you know, you have to, you have to make yourself indispensable uh, in that respect. And it's not clear that the Browns are done trying to find players uh, at this position, or at least maybe they should be because the, you know, maybe camp will, you know, find some really nice players, but uh, they've got a lot of rookies. They've got a lot of guys who haven't really done anything to this point. And it's, it's a question of, uh, are, you know, is there any reason to believe they're going to take another step forward? So um, it's real. it's going to be interesting to see exactly what Wilkes wants in some of these guys. And, and if they have them, if they have the guys that can actually do it. That's kind of where I'm kind of totally with you. Uh, you know, you know what you have in Joe Christian Kirksey. I mean, we're hoping, and you know, I think a lot of it, you know, people just think that maybe he'll go back into the, you know, highly productive, you know, as far as terms of tackles, uh, the player he was, you know, but what you saw towards the tail end of 2017 caused you some hesitation. Certainly what you caused in, I will give him this, the limited amount of time actually on the field last year is certainly going to cause you some hesitation. Look, you love to hear the fact that he's healthy. And it's always difficult to talk about Christian Kirksey and have to do it in any kind of negative light because he is such a phenomenal person, phenomenal teammate. Um, I don't think anybody enjoyed that ride more from the outside as far as not being able to play in it but I mean you saw him in you know post-game interviews you know he's filming the interviews himself and it was just nice for him to realize that this team that he's been a part of a while and sacrificed and he had some really solid play that never really amounted to crap as far as wins and you know as far as wins or this team improving the direction that they're going in now you have that with Christian Kirksey and could that be something where, you know, maybe even get more out of him now where it's, you know, it's just the fact that, you know, maybe he's going to enjoy it that much more. Um, so, you know, you hope for more from Christian. Obviously with Joe, it's it's his show, essentially. It's his room. The meetings are, you know, pretty much should be his as far as, you know, coach to player to other players, you know, relaying the information. And, you know, you do think of, you know, obviously Wilkes, you know, he, his time in Carolina was linebacker heavy and, you know, always featured good athletic ones. You know, at the time they had uh, three first round picks. Um, you know, two of them were, uh, you know, linebacker converts. You know, Shaq Thompson was a, you know, a running back in his times also at UW. Uh, Thomas Davis was in ridiculously good safety in his days in Georgia. So athleticism at the position is something he, 
absolutely, you know, I'm sure everybody wants athleticism at the picture, uh, position. Uh, you do have some of that with Sione Taki Taki. Um, Mac Wilson, a, a complete wild card here. You really have no idea, but it looks like the kid's doing everything he can, putting it in the work-wise. You know, you got some, uh, you know, the signee from Tampa Bay, you know, Ray Ray Armstrong still in the building. It's going to be interesting how it all plays out, Pete, and, and I guess maybe it's five, but you figure two of them are probably going to be mostly special teams players, but there, there still is that possibility of you just don't have that much faith in it. All right, so we'll throw another safety on the field, and what we had talked about where maybe some things you could have done with Jabril Peppers before, you know, you moved on from him is, you know, basically have just, you know, a more athletic guy and just saying, all right, well, yeah, he's a safety. He wears a number in the 20s or the 30s, but, yeah, he's going to play a lot of linebacker. Yeah, I mean, look, Siamone Takitaki has a ton of talent. Um, he certainly looks like he could be a really nice player. Um, if they go with three linebackers, I expect he's going to be the third one. But the other thing is right now he's the only guy who looks credible if either uh, Schobert or or. They were to miss time right now, and and we'll see if that changes in camp. But I mean, Adarius Taylor has, is a special teams guy who has been awful uh, anytime he's been asked to do more than that. Uh, you're looking at a guy like Ray Ray Armstrong, who's basically you know a big safety who's sort of grown into a linebacker, but I don't think he's a guy you want playing real football down. Like we said about Vallejo last year. <laughs> right. It's a, I think it's the exact same situation. And so you've got guys like Mac Wilson and, uh, and, and uh, Willie Harvey and Anthony Stubbs and Willie, Har- Willie Harvey are uh, one other one. I'm forgetting uh, Diedrich Young, who are all trying to compete and like showcase that they are legitimate linebackers that if, if something were to happen that they can step on the field and, and you aren't, you know, dead in the water there. And that's probably the most important part of this. I think they have guys who can contribute on special teams. Certainly Darius Taylor has shown he can do that. Uh, I think Mac Wilson at the very least should be able to, if he can't, let's put it this way. If he can't do that, he's in a lot of trouble. Um, and, and some of those other guys look like they should be able to contribute to that standpoint. I mean, I think Diedrich Young in particular is a very nice athlete. That is uh, his key to making this team if he's going to do it. Uh, so I, I think, so long as Schobert and, and Kirksey are where they want them to be, uh, it gives them some options in terms of the roster. But, yeah, I think I think you have to be a little concerned about uh, depth as far as what happens if you need another credible linebacker on the field. Do you have that guy? Uh, do you need to go out and get another one? And then uh, do the other guys you're keeping offer you enough, or do you need to keep shopping? Um, it does actually funny that you go on that route because you remember about it, it was probably about a year ago, a year ago this time when right before camp, when they had signed Michael Hendricks and we'd saw some, you know, flashes and it was like, wow, um, he's probably going to end up being a star and he may have even taken Christian Kirksey's job last year, the way it was trending. Um, yeah, if you can find, and obviously not Hendricks, but you know, I, I believe he's back in good standing with the league and he's back with Seattle this year, but if you could find one of those somewhere right about now. That wouldn't be a terrible thing. The problem is that guy doesn't exist. He's not free. Uh, so, you know, if there is one available, you'd have to give up something for him. Uh, you know, Harvey's an interesting name. Obviously, uh, his production from Iowa State is, you know, off the charts as far as that. Um, I, I, I got you know, one quick question for you, Pete, and then obviously I'm going to give a candidate here in this linebacker group. Is, 
is it a bad thing if we don't get to by week eight or week nine and Sione Takitaki is not the second best linebacker on this roster? No. Um, I mean, I, I think, uh, look, I think if Kirksey is, is, you know, certainly better than he was last year, if he's, you know, the eighth or best nine defender on this defense, you're fine. You're in good shape. And he certainly uh, provides some value in terms of, uh, you know, making sure guys are lined up. He certainly has value in sort of that leadership, spiritual type uh, guy. And he and he does obviously have some big plays in his career. So, I, you know, as much as like, you know, you're sitting there going – you're looking ahead to 2020 where he's probably not on the team anymore. I don't think you want to sort of necessarily rush there. Now, at the same time, if Sione Takitaki is really, really good out of the gate, so be it. But the thing he has to prove, um, I I think he's going to be a really, really nice run stopper early because that's what he's done, and he can blitz. uh, But he's really limited in terms of reps and experience in pass defense. And, you know, it could be a package type situation, but – it, it, you don't want to like sit there and go, oh, Sione Takitaki is the man, and then he's a complete liability in the passing game. So he's got to prove that before you, you can really make him a full-time player. And Kirksey, for all of his, whatever you want to say about him, at least knows what he's looking at in terms of that respect. And I think he, he does offer more uh, right now in terms of that game. But that that's to be determined. But no, I certainly don't look at the – look, I mean – He's a third-round pick, and the Browns are far removed uh, from you know a situation where a third-round pick has to play, or he's terrible. Uh, you know, I, I, clearly, clearly that's what the Browns are banking on with Chad Thomas, and and uh, he didn't do anything. He has as many tackles in the NFL as I do. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not worried about that standpoint. I, I've always most of this draft really other than initial special teams, is deferred, really. Uh, Greedy Williams is really the only guy you sit there and expect to, other than the kicker, uh, expect to come in right now and, and do something. The Browns are, are a good enough team where they've sort of made it so they don't need big contributions from their rookies, uh, but if they can get them, they're, they're sort of a bonus. Uh, they aren't counting on rookie contributions to win games this year, and that's certainly uh, signs that they are getting better but you know if, if somebody's like you know shows you know they are ready right now or, or or surprises them then certainly they're gonna have to be honest to that and and make you know move accordingly and you know and i, I all of that 100 percent um and it's you know taki taki and we've talked about this pete where it, it, in a world where sioni taki taki becomes a really functional part of this defense is a world where Christian Kirksey is no longer with the Cleveland Browns and Joe Schobert is playing the will linebacker position. We, we, we've gone over this for you guys. Um, I do want to, you know, put the little tongue-in-cheek here. Um, Mac Wilson, if you want to become the 2018 version of Antonio Callaway, here's your stage, young man. Uh, it looks like you've been putting in the work. Obviously, you know, in all, in all that goes around it in that aspect, um, not a pick we were particularly thrilled with, um, you know, just because he went to Alabama isn't enough of an excuse, people. But look, I mean, you know, that's all 100% in the past. The floor is yours, young man. Pete's going to tell you about the good folks over at Blue Chew, and I'm going to start kicking this over to the secondary side. Right. So, you know, getting ready for camp, uh, certainly that's a little Blue Chew for everybody. Uh, <laughs> as most football fans could use it, and especially guys named Jeff. 
Um, blue Chew, uh, that's blue like the, the color blue. Uh, blue Chew deck. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them at any time, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, uh, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. Uh, so you can take them whenever the opportunity arises. Uh, go ahead and check out the promo code, uh, capital L-O-C-K-E-D, and uh, go ahead and give that a shot because you're going to need it as the Browns uh, get going and these last couple days before uh, training camp gets going. Um, of course, uh, look, it's it's that time, and, you know, for a lot of players themselves, it's, you know, uh, less significant time with the misses here as you start to uh, get into the uh, business side and actually the uh, the part of what the job pays you for in the NFL. And always appreciate the good folks over at Blue Chew for the sponsorship of Locked on Browns. I guess, Pete, the – I mean, it, there's obviously – Pecking orders in both of these, so I guess we'll go with the cornerback role here. Uh, CB1, there is no doubt about that. Um, the question is, you know, how deep does it go? Are there times where you can take Denzel Ward and say, you want to know what? We're going to kick you inside because this guy's just a pain in our asses from the slot position. Um, why don't you go play a little more closer? It'll look like you're playing, you know, you'll be playing slot cornerback, be kind of labeled like you're playing the nickel, but you're just playing slot because we've got a pain in the butt here. And then it almost seems everybody after that is kind of a little bit different. I mean, you know, Greedy kind of fits in that Mitchell mode. He fits in that carry mode, the gains mode, where they're all about 6'1", 6'2". You know, it seems like their arms are long as hell. Um, It's an interesting group. uh, And, look, you know, you bring in Greedy to the mix, and you're essentially having the same group last year. Sands one gains for another. I know that they were both here last year for brief bits. I don't even know if they were both active at the same time. But, you know, one gain, you know, it's essentially the same group except for Greedy, Pete. And as the year went on last year, we actually, it was weird because we weren't so confident in it. But, you know, Terrence Mitchell, there were times where, wow, we couldn't stop talking about Terrence Mitchell. And there were, you know, TJ Carey, that Falcons game always comes back to mind. It was it turned out to be a good group, and it would have been interesting how if how because it almost seemed like he never had all of them. I mean, there was even the week uh, the Tampa Bay game where uh, you know obviously Randall went over and took care of Mike Evans that week. It seemed you never had all of them. So as much as we liked him in bits and pieces, it'd be nice to kind of have him week in week out. So yeah, I mean, uh, Terrence Mitchell was a is an average corner that came up in big and big moments. Um, and certainly brings an element of toughness and, you know, obviously can tackle the whole unit is a, in general is, is a matchup group. It allows them to do a lot of things. So if they want to put a guy like Denzel, Denzel Ward in the slot, they can have, uh, essentially a ton of length on the outside with greedy and TJ Carey if they want to, or they can, you know, have TJ Carey in the slot. They can have Terrence Mitchell or somebody uh, come in and play a boundary or whatever. They they just they can play a lot of matchup football that gives them some advantages. And you know if they it, they there there could be a lot of situations where you know if the Browns they have because they have because of the presence of Demarius Randall and the fact they have very little else at safety, they may just say screw it we're just going to put more corners on the field and you can call them a whatever you want you want to call them a, a, a safety that's fine 
but it may just really be a, a, a one safety unit with a whole bunch of corners on there. So, you know, if, if TJ Carey is technically the strong safety. He's really just under the corner. They play a lot of guys up, uh, and, and, and uh, he plays over the top. Uh, that certainly an option. They certainly have more corners than they do. It's corner talent than they do safeties. So that's really the challenge is, you know, how much do they want to play mix and match things? Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's pretty clear that I, what, given the fact that they drafted him, they want, you know, they're going to give, they want him to prove it, but they're going to give greedy Williams every opportunity to go ahead and try to earn that other uh, job outside of Denzel Ward and then, you know, use those corners to mix and match everything up as much as possible, given week to week how those matchups can change. I mean, the Steelers obviously have a nice set of uh, weapons, even with the loss of Antonio Brown. The Bengals have really, really good receivers. Uh, the Ravens exist. Um, so, <laughs> I was wondering where you're going to go with that last one. <laughs> so you, you do have... Yeah, I mean the Ravens. Obviously, it's you know certainly they've got Hollywood Brown, and and that's a threat. But you know even if you're trying to match up and they, and they want to throw out four tight ends or something, you you do have you know, guys with some more size that can match up. DJ Carey is certainly a guy who could come in and, and play with the tight end if, if they're going to add in a bunch of those. But no, those other guys, you know, obviously AJ Green, Tyler Boyd provide um, a difficult set of matchups, and you're going to have to figure out how you want to play those guys. Uh, and that could change each and every week could be sort of a, you know, a new secondary, so to speak. Uh, so that becomes an interesting sort of dynamic to watch uh, where safety, you know, their strong safety position may be far more featured in it against a team like the Ravens when they're theoretically going to be playing the run more as opposed to a team like Steelers or the Bengals where they feel like they're going to get spread out more uh, and, and be more worried about stopping the pass. And the other ingredient to that is their offense. I mean, if their offense is, is successful, uh, they're going to put teams in more obvious passing situations, uh, you know, late game if they're in leads, uh, where they can, they may just decide they want to put more corners out there because they're trying to close out a game or whatever. So, you know, it, the names are certainly important in that uh, standpoint, but so much of that becomes how are they going to sort of move guys around and, and cr- try to create as many advantages they can uh, in, in given matchups against certain teams or just to try to confuse opponents? And that's, you know, that chess match uh, between the offense and defense is going to be fun to watch with this group. Um, and for me, I, I agree with you in the shifting and how you're going to do everything. And this we'll probably see this, Pete, week one, because if I'm not mistaken – Adam Humphreys, the slot receiver from Tampa Bay who had you know a nice little year last year, he's not with the Tennessee Titans. He's a little bit of a pain in the ass. I mean, you might see Denzel going to that role, that role early. Obviously, you know they have Corey Davis. Uh, they brought it. Help me out. They brought another big receiver. So it's it, that. I mean, you're gonna you could see this right away. You may see it in the preseason. It's look, preseason is always going to be interesting. It's always going to be difficult to judge because you're not sure how much they're going to want to push. They're better players with you know the prospects of what the 19 season brings. So that's always a question mark. Um, I'd assume, and I have to assume, you know, Greedy Williams fast tracking himself to cornerback two, and then look, it's over now for three years. Uh, you've got one, you've got two. You'll fill in the rest. That is, 
uh, hopefully that would be the plan, and that will certainly allow for them to mismatch. And you can use a, a guy who's sticky in coverage like TJ Carey, you know, inside sometimes for some of these slot receivers and be like, all right, well, I will beat the living daylights out of you in these first five yards. And, and you know, obviously Mitchell, you know, more than, you know, showed his worth in you know the brief time we got to see him last year when you get a cornerback two creating turnovers at the pace he has it's it's just crazy to think about it it's just it's found money in that respect um obviously there's lewis you know who we don't know much about from tulane hopefully we're going to be able to get to see him fully throughout this see whether or not he's got a shot because you know he looks like he could be somebody that's part of a cornerback room as it goes on but you know, just bringing in Greedy and, you know, who a lot of people valued as a first-round pick or valued him in that 30 to 45 range, which is essentially where you got him at 47. Um, I don't know if it was the biggest need at the time, but look, you know, if you're going to have to cover a lot more, there's no sense in just adding another corner to the mix. But you Greedy fast-tracking here, Pete, that would just be a bone. You know, We always use the chef's kiss. That would be a chef's kiss, Greedy fast-tracking his way into the fact that you cannot sit this kid. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's hard to say what that really means. So you mentioned the Tennessee Titans, and they have, um, they they have uh, Corey Davis, Davis, and then they they drafted AJ Brown. So yes. those are two body receivers. So it's theory, you know, it's possible that maybe they don't feel like Greedy is ready for that matchup yet, and and he doesn't, you know, get featured in that game. But against the Jets, who are more lanky. Or have some speed there. Uh, he may be more of a more of a you know more of a featured player in that. You know, I mean, uh, so like for example, if the Titans roll out their three receivers and, and two of them are, are Davis and Brown, and the third one's Taiwan Taylor, you know, it, it's possible that Denzel Ward uh, is on Taylor if that in that situation if they want to go bigger to sort of fight on those guys. Now, it's not to say Denzel Ward can't cover those guys. He's done that. But it's just a question of how do you want to do it? And then, you know, what do you feel is the best use of Greedy Williams in that standpoint? So, look, I mean, if he's good, if he comes out and plays well, it's a huge advantage. And not just because he can cover and he has length, but he's got a knack of intercepting passes and causing turnovers. And certainly that's something that that the Browns want. I mean, look, if if the award is, is great, in his second year and he's, he's a great cover corner and it's really difficult to get at his side and and teams are going away from him. Then it's going to create opportunities for, for a guy like Greedy Williams to potentially make a big play. And, you know, there, as they do with most any rookie cornerback teams are going to try to find out what he can and can't do early. Uh, And that may have him get some bumps along on the, along the way, but it also may allow him to make some big plays. I mean, that no one expects a game like Denzel Ward had his first time out uh, getting the two interceptions against the Steelers. But if Ward is that good on the other side, it may provide the opportunities for a guy like Greedy Williams to make that point where, you know, the Browns lost to two, a couple of games to overtime early in the year. But, you know, Terrence Mitchell was a guy forcing turnovers to keep them in the game. And if Greedy Williams can do that and the Browns offense is better as it should be because those were Tyrod Taylor games, then those become turnovers that win games or set you up to win games as opposed to, you know, just keeping you in it to get to overtime. I mean, both situations, those were plays that, you know, gave you the opportunity to win and they couldn't do it. But 
you know, with Greedy Williams and, and Baker Mayfield not running your offense and Odell Beckham in play, uh, those are potential game-ending plays, uh, and that's why you bring in a guy like that. The turnover is obviously a huge part of the way the NFL is going and certainly the way the Browns want to go with this defense with all the pass rush they have. I mean, if you are feeling that much pressure and you make bad decisions, the Browns have corners that can punish you for it, and that's a huge part of this. And if they do that, then great. Yeah, and you know, some pick sixes and some of these turnovers actually turning into some immediate points as opposed to giving the offense, you know, a prime position, uh, you know, an opportunity. That that'd be nice too. Uh but there's, you know, there's some playmakers out the group, everybody in the cornerback position, you know, a, a tad bit of different in what they do and but that's what you want. Yeah, I mean you want the complete versatility and you want to be able to but that's also what helps you with injuries is be able to mix and match and have guys you have faith in to do different things which should make for, you know, a solid unit. And the fact that I can already mention the Tennessee Titans, that actually I can think about it, that it's like almost here. And like, I think it's 49 days. I think it's seven Sundays from today, people. So uh, get excited, get ready. We'll get to the safety position here in a second. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery services all year round. For a limited time, Postmates is giving Locked On listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. Download the Postmates app and use the code capital L locked capital O N on locked on and go ahead and start uh, taking advantage of this opportunity from the folks over at Postmates. Thank you for their sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Unlike last year, Pete, the safety position, you know, we had two constants going into the season. Um, This year there is one constant. There's a grizzly old veteran. There's a vet- a coverage safety veteran. There's a rookie in the mix where we're not sure how it's going to work out for him. There's been the spring surprise to this part so far in Mr. Whitehead. Um, not a group I think we have as much confidence as we did as much confidence in as we did last year. So uh, this is and th- this is going to be if you're defensive side of the ball how the linebackers are working out, how the safety position is working out. For me, these are probably the two keys and things I want to see, listen, and read everything about as camp goes on. Right. So, I mean, look, you know, when you, you bring in Demarius Randall the way you did last year, you had Greg Williams. So there was sort of an understanding of what he was going to do. Um, he was going to be that deep safety, play deeper, uh, and come up. Um, you know, he has mentioned that he's going to be up near the box more often. He's still obviously going to have that primary role of being that center fielder type, but he has at least hinted at the idea that there's going to be a lot more of him in sort of a, a fuller fleshed out safety role. Now, the, the I think a lot of that's going to depend on what they can get out of the other safeties. Um, I don't know. You know, if how, how you know, they're, they're, everybody talks about, well, they're really happy with Whitehead so far, and maybe they are, but um, relative to what they have, that may not mean much. Uh, meanwhile, if, if, if they're really happy with, like, let's say a guy like Sheldrick Redwine comes on and he can be, you know, a, a coverage safety, uh, a guy who plays deep, because that's what he did. Uh, he was a really good slot guy and he played deep at Miami. It may allow. First, it may allow them to just split the field in half a little bit and make plays on the ball. It also may free up uh, Randall to do some more things that basically Peppers was doing last year. And it doesn't mean he's going to be up there in the box and blitzing, 
but it may mean he's in, in tighter coverage. It may mean he's up near the line of scrimmage pre-snap and they do some adjusting, those type of things. Um, I think so much of what Randall's opportunities are and how much he can do is going to be governed by how much, how reliable the rest of that unit is. Because it, I think if, if they find themselves in a situation where they're not getting enough out of the position and they've got a ton of guys, you know, uh, guys there beyond Whitehead, they've got Burnett, you know, we haven't seen him do anything because he was hurt in uh, minicamp. They've got uh, Redwine. They've got guys like JT Hassel, um, who may probably have his best chance to make the team a special teamer first, but he's at least interesting in terms of a strong safety guy. I think ultimately he could be somebody that helps there. But they've got a lot of these guys. And then, you know, if you add in, uh, you know, corners that are effectively safeties um, in that scenario, that may sort of open up some opportunities. But basically, if they can't get enough out of the other safety position, I think Randall is going to be largely doing what he was doing last year. It just may look differently. He's still going to have to be that security blanket, the guy lining up everybody else. But I think his freedom is going to be governed by how much they can get, get out of everything else. Because if they don't, then they leave themselves op- uh, the opportunity to get beat deep, which is certainly not something they want to have happen. If nothing else with the offense they have there, I don't think they want to be a gamble big and lose team. It's not to say they can't do that. Uh, it's just I think they're going to be better off, especially when you have a defensive line like they do, where you make the you make the make the offense you know run more plays. It, it, you know, if you make them take a a thirteen yard drive, for example, or I mean a thirteen play drive, um, you know, eventually you think Vernon Garrett and somebody are going to get there to where they might you know take the ball away or put them in in, in a bad situation. So I'm fascinated to see this dynamic. Because uh, I'm not confident in the strong safety position. I'm very fascinated to see how it goes. I think it's going to be uh, by committee in general. And it's going to be a question of how much they get out of that committee in those various roles. I think uh, you know so much of this is going to be dividing up the job and piecemealing it. Um, but, you know, uh, this obviously Demarius Randall wants this to be a big, big year for him. Uh, you know, if he doesn't get that extension done before the season – He's going to want you know, this to be obviously a career year so he can capitalize on that contract. And, you know, that it's not to say he can't do it. It's just it may not be the may not have the opportunities he'd like to if they can't get more out of strong safety than maybe I'm anticipating they're getting right now. Yeah, I mean, you almost kind of look at Randall right now. It's, you know, it's like he's the lead singer of a band who's trying to go to a solo career. The solo career would be the big fat contract, um, but is the band good enough to, you know, sell his exploits? Um, some, you know, it, you don't want to be referred to as, oh well, you were the best safety of the 2019 Cleveland Browns safety unit, which wasn't a good unit. Um, some interesting things here. Um, you know, you talk with some Pittsburgh people. One of the things Morgan Burnett didn't seem to be happy about last year with Pittsburgh was the role he had, and they kind of only used him as a, you know, around the ball safety, box safety, that type of thing. I don't know if there's going to be a difference in that role for him here, Pete. Yeah, that's, everything about that signing just felt off. Um, I I mean, other than, well, I mean, you always go from the, oh, well, he's known, yada, yada, of course. But I mean, like, you know, when they signed him, it was like, 
you know, most most logical thing for him to do is sort of be a nickel safety, uh, you know, really a linebacker. And, you know, the first thing you hear out of, uh, from Pittsburgh people is, well, that's not what he wanted to do. So it seems like they really limited his vibe. He's limiting his own viability here, theoretically, at least. I mean, you know, he's here and he's signed. So obviously he's going to, have to do, you know, sort of them releasing him. He's going to be doing what they, they you know, what they ask him to do. But certainly if, if Whitehead's emergence is a real thing, you know, Morgan Burnett may not be here uh, when the final 53 gets done. It becomes more of a, uh, you know, a, an option that doesn't really pan out um, and, and, or they feel good about it and they, they can move on to somebody else uh, that fits another role. But everything about that signing felt off. Uh, he's a box guy, um, which is what Whitehead has been historically. Uh, and then what they really needed all has always seemed to be more of a, a guy who could play the top down. So, I'm curious to see where this goes. I don't have high hopes. It, he wasn't good, uh, very good for Pittsburgh last year. I don't know that he's going to be any better for the Browns. Uh, I don't think his name goes very far uh, for this team. And and it, it, you know, if the Browns were ultimately to push the push the button, you know, call it a panic button or whatever, where they reach out to Trey Boston or Eric Berry or one of those, that it stands out to me that it seems like Eric Berry. Uh, that Morgan Burnett would be the one they'd get rid of to, to bring in bring in one of those guys. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was funny because I want to bring this up too. The Trey Boston situation still seems to be just you know weird. Um, granted, he's not you know connected to the front office as much as can you know connected to Steve Wilkes. Um, so, but that guy who's played for now Wilkes twice and. I, look, I don't know what's going on with that situation, but you got to think the money you're giving to Morgan Burnett, Trey Boston could have easily taken that money if he's got delusions of grandeur for a much bigger deal well then i guess that's probably why he's unsigned which probably is the reason he is unsigned um murray uh, the, the joy in murray is is you do get a cornerback with it as well and if you get into a position where you have to say look i need you to do this this week that's what you get with a guy like murray i do think pete how we're going to ultimately end up grading the 2019 cleveland browns safety unit is, you know, obviously we know what Randall is, and, you know, maybe he may have some hiccups because maybe he's going to have to do more than just his role, which, you know, you never want to put on a player. But I think the way it's ultimately going to be graded is is whether or not Sheldrick Redwine became a player quickly or just was a rookie finding his way through his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, look, he has... He, look, I, I think there were better safeties he had. Certainly, he has some interesting parts to his game. One went to the Saints. Yeah, I mean, look, Sheldrick Redwine is very fast. Um, so his, his top end speed is impressive, and if you watch him, his range is uh, notable. He can do a lot of things in that respect. He and he's got really, a pretty good build to him. Yeah, he, he well, he's, he's tall, uh, taller guy, uh, not overly built, but you know, he's a fa- he's a sleek. Safety, and he was really, really impressive as a slot defender. Uh, he can man up and run with, um, and if he can sort of become that uh, a, 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 that deep safety that can make plays on the ball, that would be a huge uh, get. Even if that's just as a role player, that can be there on you know sort of uh, obvious passing situations where he can potentially make a 
you know, make a make plays on the ball and divide the field in half and do those things. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't know that he has any more viability than being a role player, which is unfortunate, but there's a lot there. And certainly special teams is going to be a, an area where he has to be good because I think that was a, a big part of the pick anyway. Um, so he's interesting. You know, there looks like there's a path for him to contribute as a rookie, um, but I don't think they're counting on it. I think it's more of a pleasant surprise thing, but just because of the way the safety position works, that it's bad enough that he could potentially find his way on the field and, and become a really nice little surprise early where he may get overrated by fans and it's more desperation and, and making the most of an opportunity rather than he's really, really good. Yeah, it's you know it, it's going to be him. You know, I mean, you kind of hedged your bets. It'd be nice if the, you know, the young guy hit the tr- hit the ground running and everything came really quick to him. But you kind of have some piecemeal options between Whitehead, Murray, and obviously Morgan Burnett. Where if it doesn't, you know, they can kind of you know almost batting practice you know their way through, providing you you know something from the uh, second safety second safety position that you know however you're going to team this, whether it's nickel safety, strong safety, obviously passing situations, first and ten type of things. Uh, but it, there's a lot there. And, you know, we, it, you know, if Morgan Burnett's not here week one, that wouldn't really be a surprise. Um, you know, can Whitehead continue on this path where everybody seems so excited about him? Uh, we're about to find out now because he's obviously got his cell. He's got a big old red dot on the back of his jersey where everybody's going to watch every rep and they want to see whether or not it turns into that. Um, so we pretty much hit this here for you guys, for the, the linebackers and the secondary. Uh, Pete's going to tell you what's going on the latest over at Browns Maven and tell you how he can help, how you all can help him out with uh, everything over at, at Browns Maven on Twitter and BrownsMaven.com. Uh, so, you know, I just put up a thing about Demetrius Harris. I um, even got that in show. I got you, dude. I got you, Pete. I got my boy. Always. Um, so, you know, we'll have a couple more things. Uh, one of them is going to be on Miles Garrett, a three technique, uh, and why I think that should be, you know, one of the more exciting things to see this year, just because he's so good. Um, but, you know, there's something up there every day. Uh, and, uh, you know, the best thing you can do, obviously, is sign up, read, watch, whatever, interact with the site. Those things are all good. Um, you know, easy place to get feedback. You know, you can let us know what you like, what you don't like, and and we can sort of. There, there's a forum to discuss those things pretty easily, and and you know, it's a really easy interface to use. Um, if you're you know tired of dealing with some of the, uh, you know, the the size, I guess, of Twitter, um, you know, and everything that comes else with comes with it, this is a little more focused, and you know, there's less of the other stuff that will get in the way. Uh, yes, and you know, obviously, Twitter hits its peak of craptum when you deal with things like the announcement Friday afternoon of Tyree Kill, and um, I, I, I forget the name, but I do want to mention it. And he actually brought it with some realism to the Locked On Browns, and he kind of brought it from the legal perspective. Um, my only thing to that to him was is the NFL doesn't have to operate under that scope, um, and specifically it, not most of the time. Yes. Um, so, I mean, there, there's the yin to the yang and uh, whatever. We'll see how that works out. Um, 
So obviously you make sure you're following Browns Maven on Twitter. Make sure brownsmaven.com is in the rotation. Make sure you're following Pete Smith. Uh, one thing he didn't mention, guys, when those pieces come up, uh, look, you can almost take those even, you know, like a podcast. It's a short mini one. I mean, this is something if you're waiting five minutes, if you've got five minutes for a meeting's about to start, you can jam in Pete's latest piece. You usually be in and out in two minutes. And retweeting those would be fantastic for Pete. Uh, I'm actually going to be hosting one of the Locked On NFL shows this week. Uh, we're probably, I think we're recording that Tuesday night. That'll be up for Wednesday. Matt Williamson's on vacation. So uh, I'm going to get uh, to the big chair of the the league side of it, the entire NFL. So if there's uh, any suggestions you all have, feed them on over that way. Um, we've told you how you can help Pete. iTunes rating reviews as always. Drop a five-star. Drop a written review. Uh, tell how everybody how fantastic part four, three, two, and one have been in the training camp preview. Uh, we're going to record five here in a little bit. We'll get that out. But I probably get them both out to you today for the week. Um, Pete's not going to be with us Monday night for a recording or Tuesday night as the Streetsboro program heads on out to camp and you know gets ready for their 2019 season um tomorrow night um we're going to have Brent uh Brent who's going to jump in for an episode we're going to get that Mark Schofield episode done on Tuesday Pete should be back in the big chair for Wednesday and that's I mean essentially for us all it's pretty much what Christmas Eve is for football fans um again as always appreciate you all being along for the ride uh follow the Locked On Browns Twitter account at all lowercase Locked On Browns always a follow back account if you do or you are someone who's looking to evade Twitter in that aspect, guys, look, my DMs are open on my personal account. They're open on the Lockdown Browns account. Anything you want to talk about, even if it's small, you just want to talk. It's not even a show suggestion. I'll do my best to accommodate you guys there as well. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, yeah, leaving the DMs open may have not been the best suggestion. There are women all over the world who apparently want to meet me, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, bots everywhere. But, hey, it is what it is, and I'm doing everything I can to try and help you guys out here. I'll put it close to this. Uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dogbound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.